up on today's federal newscast. USDA looks to move forward with relocating two of its agencies. A new bill in Congress would study the possibility of moving agencies outside the Washington, D.C. area. And three senators look to eliminate potential cuts to federal retirement benefits. These stories and more in today's federal newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host, Eric White. The Agriculture Department wants to quickly choose a new site for the Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture. Another list of about 20 possible sites for USDA relocation will be out in the next couple of days. Officials hope to make a final recommendation to USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue in early May. The final site recommendation will include a cost-benefit analysis for the move. Not all employees will move out of the Washington, D.C. area, though. About 75 ERS and 20 NEFA employees will stay put. One congressman wants an official study on whether certain federal agencies should move outside the Washington, D.C. area. Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan introduces the Federal Government Decentralization Act. It would establish a commission under the General Services Administration to study the relocation of certain agencies. It would identify economically distressed areas or areas with expertise in a particular agency mission. A few Senate Democrats want to take federal retirement cuts off the table in the proposed 2020 budget resolution. Senators Chris Van Hollen, Tim Kaine, and Mark Warner introduced a series of amendments which would get rid of the proposal to use federal retirement as a way to reconcile $15 billion in savings. They also introduced an amendment to create a deficit-neutral reserve fund to give federal contractors back pay from the recent government shutdown. The Senate Budget Committee will consider amendments to the budget resolution today. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo defends the Trump administration's decision to cut its funding by 23 percent in its fiscal 2020 budget proposal. Despite skepticism from Democratic lawmakers, Pompeo tells the House Appropriations Committee the $40 billion proposal will still be enough to achieve the agency's foreign policy goals. The proposal includes $5.4 billion to improve security of U.S. diplomats and $3.3 billion for foreign aid to Israel. Dan Elwell, acting head of the Federal Aviation Administration, was on the Hill yesterday to defend how his agency handled the troubled 737 MAX jets and its relationship with Boeing. Senators on a transportation subcommittee questioned whether the FAA has too cozy of a relationship with the companies it's supposed to be regulating. Elwell says his agency would have to hire 10,000 more workers and spend another $1.8 billion a year, though, to inspect all the planes currently being certified by aircraft makers. Commandant Carl Schultz says the Coast Guard is not yet fully recovered from the effects of the 35-day partial government shutdown. Schultz tells the House Appropriations Homeland Security Subcommittee the agency is only 75% reconstituted. Schultz says it will be ready for the next hurricane season, though, starting June 1st. The Air Force now says it needs nearly $5 billion to rebuild two of its military bases after major weather events. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. Air Force Secretary Heather Wilson says her service desperately needs the supplemental funding, not necessarily all at once, though. Rebuilding damaged facilities at Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida and Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska will take at least three years. Wilson says the Air Force needs at least some of the money by this summer, though, or it will have to postpone other planned construction projects. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. 
The Defense Department might do a little better on its 2019 audit. Acting Deputy Defense Secretary David Norquist tells Congress seven of the Pentagon's 21 agencies may come out clean in the DOD's second-ever audit. Only five received clean audit findings last year. Despite the improvement, lawmakers are still worried about just how poor DOD's audit results are and question if a $750 billion budget is worth handing over to the military for 2020. Lieutenant General David Berger is nominated as the next Commandant of the Marine Corps. He's currently the Commanding General of the Marine Corps Combat Development Command and Deputy Commandant for Combat Development and Integration. Berger will replace current Commandant General Robert Neller, who is retiring after 44 years of service. Karen A. Temple loses the acting portion of her title and becomes permanent register of copyrights. She's been in the acting role since October of 2016. Before that, Temple was associate register of copyrights and director of policy and international affairs for the U.S. Copyright Office. She's also worked as an attorney and senior counsel in the Justice Department. Federal Chief Information Officer Suzette Kent says the Office of Management and Budget is very close to releasing a long-awaited draft of its federal data strategy. Speaking at an AFCA DC conference, Kent says the strategy will focus on commercializing government data and safeguarding privacy. She says the administration also plans to expand its focus on geospatial data, calling it one of the most successful areas of open data in government. More security gaps in the internal controls of the Bureau of the Fiscal Services Information Systems are found. The Government Accountability Office identifies eight new deficiencies in systems tied to the Bureau's schedules of debt, which keeps track of what the federal government owes its creditors. GAO says the gaps it found increase the risk of data breaches or disruptions to critical operations. June 13th is D-Day for the Wage Determination Online System. It's the day when the General Services Administration plans to retire the legacy system and make the beta.sam.gov site the authoritative source for contract wage determinations. This will be the third system GSA is decommissioning as part of its Integrated Acquisition Environment Program. Under IAE, GSA plans to modernize and consolidate 10 legacy acquisition databases. GSA is forced to take awards to 81 small businesses back. Federal News Network's Jason Miller explains. A year after GSA handed out spots on the $15 billion Alliance 2 small business vehicle, the government-wide acquisition contract for IT services is on hold. One of the unsuccessful bidders, Citizen, won its bid protest before the Court of Federal Claims, forcing GSA to rescind all 81 awards. The judge ruled GSA misevaluated proposals around pricing and having a compliant cost accounting system. The judge told GSA to reevaluate all bids. The agency says the proposal evaluation will continue and a new source selection decision is expected. I'm Jason Miller. And a new competition from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services looks to give innovators a chance to show how artificial intelligence can be used to predict unplanned hospital visits. The multi-stage, year-long challenge has prizes totaling over $1.5 million. Applications are due by June 18th. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One, and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Oh,